0: This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield.
1: It's the Blood Red podcast, courtesy of the Liverpool Echo. I'm Guy Clark. Welcome along. James Milner puts pen to paper to extend his Reds stay. Sadio Mane's exit could be being readied as Darwin appears the natural selection to complete Liverpool's front three evolution. We're talking new contracts, transfer bids and Darwin Nunes all on the latest Blood Red Pod. Getting involved today, we have the Echo Starboy Tom Cavilla, the Will Wonder Rich Garnet, and the Fakes boy Matt Addison. Chaps, I do hope that you are all well and well, Tom, I'll throw over to you first up. We're going to chat about James Milner and his new contract. What are the details?
2: Yeah, it's a new one-year deal for Milner, uh, takes him to 2023 and obviously, well, by the end of that, would have been at the club for eight years. So yeah, it's it's a really good piece of business by Liverpool. I think um, you know he's been such a reliable player for the club since you know, since joining from Man City on a free transfer, and it, you know it's hard to think of a sort of a better three transfer they've had for so long or, or any team really in the Premier League. Um, I think just the experience he brings to the team, you know, helping the younger players like Harvey Elliott, Fabio Cavaleo next season maybe as well. Um, you know, the players that are just coming through in his position. Also, we've seen it, you know, a number of times Milner's been able to play in different positions in the team, whether that's been left back, I think right back a few times as well. Um, So, yeah, I think it was just, you know, made absolute sense to do that, if he was happy to stay at the club. And I think Liverpool can keep him um, around for as long as they can, and they should do, really. I mean, past that one year, I don't know what will come after that, maybe. You know, there's been talk about maybe a coaching role for Milner at the club, but yeah, I think it makes perfect sense from both sides to keep him around um, for as long as possible. So, yeah, very positive news today.
1: Yeah, Rich, I suppose on the scale of one to no-brainer, this one's off the chart, isn't it? I mean, last year it kind of felt as though at the end of this contract, which uh, I think he signed back in December 2019. I, I want, might be wrong on, on that front, but when he got to the end of this contract, it kind of felt that this might be the parting of the ways, but... In terms of taking that new contract, Jurgen Klopp has spoken about it through the course of the season on a number of occasions as to kind of how he feels that he really wanted to see this get done. Yeah,
3: I, I don't think uh, the, the signing of it is necessarily a no-brainer in terms of they must hold on to James Milner. But when you when you break down what he's brought to this squad and what he's achieved over his time here, and the fact that he's uh, not a player that's going to demand the astronomical Wages of of a Mo Salah or a Sadio Mane, then then of course it it makes perfect sense to keep him in the fold. And most importantly, I think he can still do the business on the pitch. Yes, he's not um he's not playing week in week out. He's coming into the side when as and when required. But his, his uh, versati- versatility and his adaptability, and and of course his uh, exemplary attitude, means that he can come in and do a variety of different roles and do it to the highest level. With the experience of a of a winner, uh, and they're all qualities that Klopp loves and will want to see in any new player that comes into his side. And, and who better to uh, to take the lead from than James Milner? And the, the fact that they've uh, I think they've agreed uh, a deal with him on less lucrative terms than he was previously enjoying. Perhaps not good news for James Milner, but it, it it's keeping him. Um, at Liverpool Football Club, one of the top sides in Europe and, and you can tell by what he was saying um, on, on the club's return from Paris, uh, how much the club really means to him and he, he clearly happy to accept them those terms to stay so uh, everyone's a winner in that respect.
1: Yeah, he wasn't quite given the the wave off the send-off that Divock Origi was, Matt, after the final game of the season. And that was maybe one of the first hints that his Liverpool story wasn't completely done. I mean, we, we understand he's turned down offers from other Premier League sides as well as maybe more lucrative moves abroad. It just shows kind of how much of the part of the fabric James Milner has become during Jürgen Klopp's time.
0: Yeah, there was a bit of talk about MLS and and things like that, wasn't there, which I think might be appealing for him at some point in, in the future, but certainly right now. I mean, like Rich says, he's played a big role really last season for Liverpool. He was man of the match, wasn't he, in that game against Newcastle towards the end of the season. There was you know certain moments really that you kind of just thought there's there's still a future for him at the top level and when you're getting opportunities in this Liverpool team, I think it's really hard to to kind of make the case for, for going anywhere else, to be honest. I mean it's it's clearly not a, a financial decision. I think it's it's something that James Milner said for, for a number of seasons now. He just wants to, to play football at the highest level for as long as possible. And I still think there'll be you know, three or four seasons of, of James Milner left, probably the last one for him at Liverpool, this one coming up, but then you know you, you could Quite easily see him going somewhere else whether that's you know in England or, or somewhere else I think there's there's still a, a lot lot more for him to give so yeah for him it was was a no-brainer I'm sure as well for just the opportunity really to to stay in and around a team like Liverpool I mean why would you turn that down at the moment there's going to be so many games again next season there's going to be chances for him to play it's not always going to be in central midfield it might have to be in certain other positions that he might not like as much but I just think that, you know, whatever his ambitions are in the future, the best place for him right now is is Liverpool. If it's coaching ambitions he's got, well, there's not many coaching teams better to learn from than what he's got at the moment. If it's, you know, something else that, that he wants to think about, then that's obviously another twelve months for him to come to that decision. So yeah, it was it's no surprise, I don't think, that James Milner has decided to to stick around and absolutely no surprise, even less of a surprise that Liverpool wanted him to because you know, whoever you speak to, whether it's you know coaches, players, fans, whoever, the influence that he's got is is absolutely huge at Liverpool. It's it's really obvious to see.
1: Yeah, most definitely, Tom. You spoke before about kind of the professionalism that James Milner has, and he he demonstrates on a daily basis within the Liverpool kind of setup and at Kirby. Immediately, kind of think of the likes of of Curtis Jones and Harvey Elliott, those young players still making their way in the game. How big another season? on the training ground with James Milner could be for them?
2: Yeah, very important. Um, you know, we've seen the development of Harvey Elliott and Curtis Jones in recent seasons, but you know, these are still players that have a lot to learn and, and can, you know, can still improve quite a lot as well. So having someone like James Milner, who's been around for so many years, you know, he knows every trick in the book. He's, he's seen it all throughout his career. It's, it's really important to have players at like that at the club, because apart from Milner, there's not too many in sort of that level experience within the Premier League over a number of years at different clubs as well. So I think it's, yeah, it's invaluable really having someone like that who's able to guide the younger players, but also not just for the younger players as well. I think, um, you know, even the older players as well, he's still a great example for them. Um, You know, 36, I think he is now, and he's still... I think he still finishes top of all the fitness tests they have in training, that kind of thing in pre-season. Um, it just shows you, you know, the dedication of, of the player, um, that he still comes out on top despite his age. Um, and that's just sort of testament to Milner, really, and, and, you know, the standards he sets himself, but also what he demands of other people. Um, you know, he's the one player you'll see for Liverpool that's trying to constantly close down a challenge in the last few minutes of the game win the ball back even if he's been running around everywhere the whole match so yeah I think the way he plays kind of just says it already about what he's like as a person and um yeah for the younger players that's what they'll aspire to be as well so um yeah good news for everyone really
1: yeah most definitely right with it being the end of the season and a bit of uh I suppose not as a serious nature for us to have to, to get into any everything. Let's have a bit of fun here on the Blood Red podcast with a bit of trivia around James Milner. As you may well know, Rich, you're going to go first here anyway. But as you may well know, of course, Jordan Henson is the only player who's been at the club longer than him. And when Divock Origi departs at the end of this month, Milner will be the only player left who started Jurgen Klopp's first game away at Tottenham back in October 2015. So what we're going to do is guess the other nine players. I'm going to go round and uh, we'll go through process of elimination to see of you three who can remember who lined up for Liverpool that day. So Rich you've got first pick who are you going to go for? So this was get this is
3: against Spurs. Yep, Klopp's first game, yeah.
1: Klopp's first game away at Tottenham. Minule's goal. Yeah, Matt, that onto you.
0: Um I'm just going to hope he's not injured. I'm going to go for Adam Lalana.
1: Adam Lalana did start leader of the press. Yep.
2: Good stuff. Tom,
1: you're up next.
2: Um I'm pretty sure Coutinho is playing.
1: He certainly was. Tick.
2: Yeah.
1: Rich, right, everyone's still in then. Rich, back round to you. Right, that's come round too quick. <laughs> <laughs> you like hold on a bit, Tom, you know what I mean. <laughs> Have we got Coutinho.
3: Yeah, could right. Okay. Uh Trying to oh. think a bit full-back. Anyway, Henderson, Casino. Um, are we still off Skirt at this point, or
1: are they gone? No, nope. Martin Skirtle was there. You're hanging in, Rich, <laughs> but you're still there. You're yeah. still there. Matt?
0: Um, uh, well, I've got two in my head. One's a bit more... Yeah, I'm going to go with Nathaniel Klein. I'm going to go for.
1: Correct. You would be right there pre-Trent days, yeah. of course.
2: Tom? Um... Uh, the left back, I think oh, so. I think it was Moreno, but for some reason, I think, um, someone else like coming to mind. I don't know why. Uh, I don't know. He should have, he surely was playing that. Um,
1: are you gonna go with it?
2: Uh, I don't know. Something telling me he wasn't playing, but I'm gonna say Moreno.
1: Moreno did start, he did start, yeah. Yep. You're still in, right, Rich? Back round, there's three players left. For for Merseysiders
3: of a a certain vintage, there used to be a quiz show on Radio Merseyside called Hold Your Plums. And uh, when you got a bit stuck, you were able to ask Billy Butler for a clue. So um, can you g- give us a clue, Guy? Because any, right. any, any, yeah. I'm still sure we're now a little bit.
1: Yeah. yeah, the clues are we've got one central defender and two central midfielders to give.
3: Two central midfielders and Milner.
1: And Henderson were both playing, is Henderson they? wasn't playing. No, oh, no Henderson. No,
0: no Henderson that day. Ah, oh, I've got... Origi no.
1: one one and Milner are the two players of the current squad who were involved. Of course, Origi's leaving at the ah, end of the month. right. Milner's still there. So, two midfielders and a centre-half to get... Do you still have Joe Allen then? <laughs> no, he didn't start Rich. Oh, you know <laughs> what? Rich, so, you know Tom. Who's going to win?
0: That that was one of my answers, so I'm glad you went for that, Rich. And, but my <laughs> well, my I other
1: someone else was going
3: down that route anyway.
0: <laughs> my yeah, my <laughs> other central midfielder was Emery Chan.
3: Oh, I was going to say
1: that Emery Chan did start. Yes, I so, think I know well, who the other one is. Those left. can you can you pick one of them?
2: I think Lucas is the other centre mid.
1: Lucas, what's the other yeah. center for the right? So, Matt, centre-half.
2: So the other centre-half, I'm going to go Colo Torre.
1: Wasn't Colo Torre for the win, Tom? Can oh. you get the other centre-half on the day?
2: Skirtle and, Um I don't know. This I feel like this is going to be like quite a random one as well. Uh, Lovren's obviously the obvious one, but I don't know if he was playing... Um, no, I don't think it was...
1: Polo tour incidentally, was on the bench.
2: But yeah, I don't think it was Lovren. But I'm trying to think,
0: uh, one another one has come to me now, actually. But too late now, mate. You're on the bench
1: yeah.
0: for me. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to make sure there's not too much silence on the podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: well, while we listen to uh, Tom's brain, yeah. Well, I'm trying trying to think, it over. I don't know.
2: I, I don't think. I'm trying to think who else it might have been. Um, Okay, I'll say Lovren, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't Lovren. No. Right.
1: Anybody else want to jump in? Matt, I'll, I'll come back to you because you you got through to this round before being it frozen. M-
0: up. Mamadou Sakho. Uh, it
1: was Mamadou Sakho. Uh, was correct. Rich, I was being harsh because Joe Allen came off the bench. You replaced Lallana. You're joking me. Yeah. <laughs> other, players, other players come off the bench was Jordan Ibe. So, Jordan, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Nice little bit of trivia. Matt, you are the winner. A, uh, what, about, what about
2: naming the substitutes?
1: Uh, no, we'll get it. <laughs> no, no. But, uh, yeah, A bowl of brown flakes is on its way to you, my friend. But, uh, yeah, That is the prize for winning that.
3: The Blood Red Podcast
1: from the Liverpool Echo. Next up to discuss is Sadio Mane. And Tom, I'll come to you on this. And uh, plenty of news over the course of the weekend and into this morning regarding the future of Sadio Mane. Of course, he he said he would let reporters know of his intentions after the final in Paris. Still hasn't quite done that. And a fair bit of backtracking and joking as he put it over the course of the weekend. But where are we today?
2: Yeah, so Liverpool... um... Have rejected Bayern's bid believed to be around £25 million in total um, you know the club sort of valuing it is not a fair representation of what Mane is worth to Liverpool um, and you know you'd expect Bayern to now come back well at some point with a second offer um, you know what that will be remains to be seen um, but Liverpool obviously will not want to let him go on the cheap just because of you know everything he's given to Liverpool and, and the talent of Mane in general. Um, I suppose the only positive for Bayern, he's only got one year left on his deal. Um, so they feel they may feel they can get him on a cheaper fee than, than normal, a bit like when Liverpool signed Thiago from Bayern. Um, but we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, it's been a bit strange in terms of um, all the comments being made by Mane. They, it just seemed a bit all of it, I don't know, sarcastic sort of the comments he has been making and I know it's probably done in a light-hearted way but it, it doesn't necessarily come across as very professional sort of from Omane's part just the just some of the comments he's made about I'll, I'll let the people from Senegal decide you know what what I do next and it's just I don't know just a bit of a strange sort of way to go about it um, he's always been you know someone who comes across as very professional person and it seems a bit out of character I guess making those sort of comments but Um, I guess if he's being quizzed on it, then he has to say something. But, you know, I would have thought just because of everything he's experienced at Liverpool, he maybe would have just kept his claws a bit closer to his chest, sort of, with his answer. Um, I know he's not necessarily said where he's going. He sort of left it very open. But, yeah, it's (laughs) not too sure about the tone he's taken with it. But, um, yeah, it's just a bit of a surprise, really, because I think Liverpool fans were sort of expecting... Mohamed Salah to be in this position this summer where all the talk would be about where he's going and you know, what club's in for him. But find ourselves with Mane, the one looking, the one that's going to leave instead of Salah. And it's, uh, yeah, it's all happened quite quickly in that sense. And um, it just looks as if he might be going this summer, by the looks of things.
1: Yeah, definitely. Rich, as they say, no smoke without fire. And it feels as though... If Manet's intentions were to remain at Liverpool by now with the, the amount of speculation that's been swirling, he probably would have come out to knock a few of these rumors on the head. But if anything, he's been adding fuel to that fire.
3: Yeah, um, Tom talked about him joking a bit about things uh and his future. I think I prefer him as a goal scoring creator, as a stand-up comedian, on the uh on the current evidence that we've seen so far. Um, A lot of what he's saying doesn't really make much sense, does it? But it also suggests that, yes, he's potentially looking um, at a way out of Liverpool or he is giving off a message that he's serious about his intentions of looking at other options if the club aren't prepared to offer him the type of contract that he thinks he deserves. And I I actually don't think it's an absolute foregone conclusion that Sadio Mane will leave Liverpool, although it does look increasingly likely as the days tick by. Um, I also sort of get the impression with, with, with some of this slight sideshow we've now got that he's not a player that's particularly used to being in this situation where um he's having to answer constant questions about his uh about speculation about his future and and i don't want to say he's been unprofessional about it but he's perhaps shown a bit of inexperience of having to deal with this sort of uh line of questioning and which may explain why we're getting such a, a wide variety of odd responses uh, but that's the way i'm looking to it i might be being kind to him there uh, i don't know what kind of uh, advice he gets in the background uh clearly not too much uh, no, normally, Liverpool are quite good at that type of thing, but obviously, this isn't Liverpool's interest. This is Sadio Mane's interest, so um, a, a slightly different perspective. Uh, will, as I say, will he definitely leave? We've seen it before with players, haven't we? With, uh, with big speculation ar- around exits, and then they end up signing a new contract. Um, w- whether he can pull that off on the terms that he wants with Liverpool, um, I'm not too sure. But but until then, we'll have to uh, second guess. Uh, what the Senegalese people want Sadio Mane to do, whether it's join Bayern, Marseille or someone else, uh, who knows.
1: Yeah, he's given Marseille a, a big heads up, hasn't he? That uh, he'd love to go and play for them, of course, the team he says he's supported as a boy. But uh, Matt, I mean, the longer this gets dragged out, there does feel that inevitability that it is only going one way. But surely, pre-season, I think I'm right in saying it's four weeks away, beginning for for Liverpool on the fourth of July when they're due to report back. This surely needs sorting before then. But even I would argue to say probably in the next fortnight no, of a clear indication as to how far negotiations are going. If Bayern are putting bids in that Liverpool at the moment are knocking back, wanting to hold out for close to £40 million, surely there needs to be a resolution sooner rather than later.
0: Yeah, it's got to be done sooner rather than later. I think for for the player, for both clubs to kind of work out where they want to be with it for, obviously, as you say, the, the start of, of pre-season, you don't want this to to drag on. But I think for me, it's it's fairly inevitable now that, that he will leave. I think it's kind of felt like that to me, really, since he was asked about it in the build-up to the Champions League final. And he kind of said, well, I'll tell you afterwards. We obviously saw the contrast with Mohamed Salah. He was asked, or in fact, he wasn't even asked, was he? He kind of brought it up himself and just said, yeah, I'm, I'm staying next season. I think if, if Sadio Mane intended to stay at Liverpool, he would have just said that to, to begin with, to be honest. I think the fact that Bayern have now made a bid as well, they wouldn't have, have done that unless they were convinced that they were able to pay what Liverpool wanted and also that Sadio Mane absolutely wanted to, to go and join them. So, yeah, for me, it's it's a really difficult one for, for Mane. He keeps obviously being asked about it every day, as you'd expect. There's lots of, of speculation, but I wrote something on this this morning, actually. I just... I I almost feel for him in a way that it's not really helpful for for him to keep getting asked about it. It's not helpful for Liverpool to kind of make it known that Bayern are definitely going to sign him because then that puts pressure on them to go and find a replacement if... You know, if it's Darwin Nunez who we'll talk about or whoever it is, whoever that selling club is, they need to kind of have in the back of their heads that there is still a chance that Sadio Mane could stay. Otherwise, they can just ask whatever they want for, for that replacement. So it's a really tricky one at the moment. It's, um, it's one of those where... I think the cards will will kind of fall into place in the the next few weeks. But Liverpool have have said it all along. They're not against necessarily Sadio Mane leaving as long as it's at the right price. But they've got to have that replacement lined up first. So I wouldn't expect Sadio Mane to come out and say anything definitive until Liverpool have kind of got that stacked up and and ready. Because I'm sure they've said the exact same thing to him. Presumably he has now told them that he wants to go. And obviously Bayern have started bidding. If that is the case, then he'll probably have been told, well, OK, you can go if we get the price tag, but we've got to get something else sorted first. So I think there's there's just a lot of things to kind of sort out with this to sort of put it all into to the right order. So in terms of what he can and can't say, it's, it's probably a very difficult position, I think, for, for Sadio Mane
2: to be in.
1: Yeah, most definitely. Tom, how big, certainly so early into the summer, is this going to be a test of of Julian Ward and his powers of negotiation? We know what role he played in the Lewis Diaz deal. We know the role he even played in the sale of Rian Brewster. But that has been one of the trademarks of Michael Edwards is really getting the most out of a, a sale now. If reports to be believed, the initial bid's around 20 million pounds with five or so in add ons. If Bayern can win the Champions League, sounds very, very similar to the deal Liverpool struck to sign Thiago. Mm. Now, a lot of people might think, certainly from the Bayern end, that maybe Liverpool owed Bayern one for the deal that they agreed to with Thiago. But from the Liverpool side of view, I, I suppose from Julian Ward's perspective, he wasn't maybe overly involved in that deal and he wants the best deal for Liverpool.
2: Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I think you're buying probably do have a point about that um, with Thiago and, and the fact that he's, you know, a world-class player as well. That was with one year remaining and Liverpool managed to sign him for a very sort of reasonable price, considering, you know, considering that. Um, and they'll feel the same about Mane, who's in a sort of similar position uh, to Thiago was. Um, Mane, obviously, 30 years old, one year remaining. So it's, it's quite, yeah, it's quite a similar situation. But... I think, I think with an attacker, it's sort of you've got a bit more of a premium price a lot of the time to pay, like compared to a midfielder. So I suppose Liverpool will be holding out for more, and for that reason alone, um, and also for how many years Mane has been performing to such a high level. I think you know forty million is is sort of the the price that's being floated around, and I think if Liverpool can get close to that, I think that would be a fair enough price, even if it was just slightly below 37, 36 mark. You know, I think that would be a fair price for Mane. But like you said, Julian Wall will want to get the the best deal for Liverpool. And by the looks of it, um, Liverpool are not going to, you know, just let him go easily. And we were just saying before, I've just done a piece about it. Um, Bayern are in a similar position as well with Lewandowski and not wanting to let him go. Um, So it's going to be quite an interesting summer, which could uh, be dragged out. Um, because the both clubs are going to be want to be keeping hold of their two-star players. But Bayern and Liverpool are sort of looking resigned to the fact that they may just have to part company. And, uh, you know, it just comes down to what price is going to suit all parties. Um, and Bayern will want to have someone lined up for Lewandowski before he goes, similar to, um, to Mane at Liverpool. So this might end up going on for a number of weeks if Bayern, you know, can't find a resolution to Lewandowski's situation. So, I mean, I don't think Liverpool will be in a rush to sell him. I know they'll want to have things in place for pre-season, but if Bayern aren't willing to match them, we've seen how stubborn FSG can be in terms of payments and, you know, Salah's contract not willing to sort of budge on their demands for that. So if Bayern say, well, we're only going to go to 25 at Liverpool, you know, I can't see them just going, oh, yeah, that's fine. We'll shake your hand on that. I think they'll just keep um, firm on their position. So Bayern will just have to meet them there.
1: The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Rich, how fitting is it then that a man called Darwin is being eyed up as the man to complete the evolution for Liverpool's front three?
3: Never one to miss a pun, guy. I never. <laughs> just yeah, I'll, I'll come on to come on to uh, Nunes now. I was just going to say with with Mane actually and and Bayern's bid. Um, if you liken it to buying a house whenever you look to buy a, a house and you make a, an offer on that property. Um, if you're shrewd, you're going to go in with a low ball offer to start with. That will get rejected. Uh, you might get a counter offer, which is much higher. And inevitably, you meet somewhere in the middle and agree a deal. Uh, the difference is, of course, is that Liverpool don't necessarily want to sell their house, uh, being Sadio Mane. And, and therefore, buying. i have got to come up Trumps with, with the Reddies, uh, if they're gonna prize prize him away from Anfield. So just to, I as we are really agreeing with Tom, I think I think Liverpool will hold up more for that sort of forty million pound mark that they were they were hoping to hit. Um and the only thing I think that will accelerate that is is if they are able to um nail down a replacement earlier. Uh, at which point, they, if they get the right deal themselves, they they may um, start to compromise a little bit more with Bayern Munich and uh, and agree a cheaper sale than they originally hoped for. But in terms of uh, Darwin Nunes, we got uh, we got a, a decent look at him, didn't we? In the uh, quarterfinals of the Champions League, um, Like to throw himself to the floor a bit. I, I seem to remember in the uh, in the first leg, but uh, if we if we put that to one side. Um, he did look a dangerous player. He scored scored in both legs and certainly uh, had the cut of the type of player that Jurgen Klopp could uh, mould into uh, his mentality monsters squad. And uh, if, if that is the way that things went, I don't think I'd be too disappointed to see Darwin Nunes come to Liverpool. Certainly got a decent uh, goal-scoring track record. Um, and, and having not played alongside... Um, Luis Diaz, but, but but played in the same league as him. They'll, they'll, they'll know they'll know each other pretty well, and and the sort of the style of play that they they uh, normally implement. So that that would be an interesting matchup.
1: Yeah, definitely. Jurgen Klopp has spoken, hasn't he, about his liking for the Portuguese league, the market of of going and buying players from that division. But, Matt, you look at the the statistics, the numbers, 26 goals in 28 league appearances for Darwin Nunes this season just gone. The previous year, though, only six goals in 29 appearances. For some of the fees being banded about, has he? I know he's only 22, but has he quite got that kind of body of work that really would draw Liverpool in?
0: It purely depends, I think, on the price tag. I mean, there's been sort of numbers as high as 100 million euros being put out there by Portuguese media outlets. And there's absolutely no chance that Liverpool pay that much for him. I think if you can negotiate a, a deal, I think there's there's definitely a top quality player there to, to be developed, obviously. Only 22, like you say, there's there's still you know a, a lot more to come from him. I think in in future seasons, I think Liverpool would would look at it and, and think that at the right price, it would be worth the gamble. But exactly what that price is, I'm not too sure. I think it would probably have to be something similar to what they did. Luis Diaz, I think that was what 37 million to begin with, with potential to to rise to 49 million. So I think it was that kind of deal. Possibly you could see it happening. Luis Diaz, of course, was. I think only kind of at the level he was at for about a year maybe slightly longer so it's it's not too dissimilar in terms of the league and the kind of stepping up in terms of of the numbers that they've had in that time so i think he's definitely one to, to look at but you know liverpool will will look at other options if there's better value to be had elsewhere i think that's going to be you know the, the primary concern for them there's there's absolutely no way that they pay you know a, a club record fee for him i don't think this summer just purely on the, the basis that there will be other options out there that you can get considerably cheaper. And I think the fact that they're sort of looking for £40 million pounds or so for for Sadio Mane, that probably is kind of instructive of what they're going to spend on a replacement. It's probably not going to be a great deal more than that that they shell out for for whoever it is that comes in. But yeah, for, for now, the, the the links with Darwin Nunez are not going to go away, but the price tag is going to have to come down a, a hell of a long way for that to be realistic.
1: The main thing, though, Tom, that seems apparent, though, is it looks like Liverpool, to all intents and purposes, are planning and gearing up for a forward arrival this summer to come in to Kirby whether that's going to be Darwin Nunez we've seen it so many times that this a, a name can often get put out there but as our colleague Ian Doyle's reporting that there, there are other names being considered and maybe the the star attraction name Darwin Nunez in this regard can can kind of almost be the smokescreen for other business being done in the background
2: Yeah maybe um yeah like you said it I think it all very much depends on what happens with Mane really um if he goes then obviously Liverpool will need to To replace him in the market and well like we've also alluded to earlier it probably would be done before they sell him so I would imagine sort of doing a deal for Nunes wouldn't be particularly straightforward (laughs) um, given what Benfica are looking for so to be able to do that and get that sort of deal done before you know selling Mane would be quite difficult to do in a short period of time so if Liverpool were signing you, I could imagine that would be one that was done later in the window um, because it doesn't, yeah, like I was saying, it doesn't seem like a simple one to sort of wrap up quickly. Um, but yeah, it might give Liverpool a chance to look at other names in the market. You know, Liverpool haven't always gone for the big names that are ready-made, sort of world-class talents. you have seen it with Salah and and Mane um, and Firmino actually as well. All of them arrived at Liverpool not necessarily as being known and referred to as sort of top talents, but During their time at the club, they've been developed into that. So it might be a case of just buying another player that's sort of in that younger age range, sort of twenty-three to twenty-six, and then developing them into their sort of prime years into a world-class player. Um, You know, I know people have sort of mentioned Lewandowski, people like that, but I think it's hard to sort of picture Liverpool going for someone, you know, in their late or thirty-three in his case, but sort of someone at the late latter stage of their career because it just doesn't sort of suit the model of what they're going for and sort of developing a younger player. So there's a few options for Liverpool to consider. And, yeah, I think it will it'll just come down to price and, uh, and, you know, who sort of fits the profile the best, really.
1: Yeah, definitely. Rich, how exciting, though, is it from a, a, a support perspective, as much as anything, that this is an out-and-out goal scorer that Liverpool are looking at now? Yes, I know Mane and seller have both been terrific goalscorers for liverpool but our wingers Mohamed salah so quick to always say i'm not a forward i'm a winger but we've not really seen during the jürgen klopp era an out and out number 9 centre forward really consistently be the man selected to to bang in the goals and spearhead the attack where certainly a name like darwin Nunes suggests that that might be a change of attack
3: um yeah a little bit i mean considering liverpool have another number 9 so to speak um they haven't done too badly, have they? Scored plenty of goals, playing in a, in a particular way. And I suppose if you bring someone like Nunes into the into the fold, does that does that change things slightly? I imagine it does in, in some respects. But is that a bad thing? Not necessarily. Klopp's always stuck with that. Obviously, he's very sort of tried and trusted formation. But but the players that have played within it, particularly in the forward line, he's chopped and changed. Um, certainly this season. Um, and come up with, with with different solutions, and and more often than not, um, yielded uh, results. So I suppose if you lose a player like Sadio Mane, it's always going to um, initially have a negative effect on a side. But if you bring in someone in who's capable of scoring um, goals out of nothing, or, or you know half chances, little chances, some 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 of the type of goals that we probably haven't scored as many of uh, as under previous uh, regimes, perhaps. Your kind of even like your Robbie Fowler's, you know, your Owens, your the, your Rushes, your Tappins, and stuff and stuff like that. Don't see it all too many of them, um, but maybe Darwin Nunes can bring different elements in that 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 will change the way Liverpool play and, may- and maybe also get uh, a little extra out of the um, superb fullbacks. Uh, that Liverpool have got at their disposal, especially, you know, balls into the bottom. I mean, We've we already seen a little of that, bit of that with uh, Diogo Giotta and that and that uh, excellent sort of uh, timing of runs he makes to the front post. And and I'd, I'd be interested to see if, if Nunes can bring some sort of trademark finish of his own to the, to the team if he was to come. He, he is a player that excites me. I'd, I would be quite happy to see him be the player who replaced Sadio Mane, if, if that's what it comes to. I don't really want Mane to leave. Um But at the end of the day, you only want players at like your club that you want to be there and, and are prepared to to maintain the levels that they have been. And and if money goes, um yeah, Nunes is certainly a, a player that would excite me coming to Anfield.
1: Yeah, most definitely. Matt, final say then before we wrap things up, I suppose he's looking at that forward line and. I mean, Diogo Jota obviously came in with already known Premier League experience. Luis Diaz has said, six months to get Premier League experience as well. Over the course of the weekend, Rafinha was another player, link, different type of player. But do you think there will be others maybe who are being monitored on that shortlist who will already be perhaps experienced at, at playing in the Premier League?
0: Yeah, Rafinha is, is one that interests me. I think that kind of link is is more that you'd look at and say, well, that would be one if Mohamed Salah left, that would be a player that you'd look at to, to come and, and play on that right-hand side. But I think Premier League experience is kind of, it's, well, it's obviously a good thing. It's, it's not, certainly not a bad thing to, to have. But I think for me, it's, it's you know, you can kind of make a judgment on these players. Christopher Nkunku, I keep talking about him on every single podcast, but I think the best way of kind of measuring him is in the Champions League, what he's done against PSG and, and Manchester City last season. I think there's different ways that you can kind of monitor and, and look at these players. I think Liverpool certainly, you know, obviously they looked at, at what Diaz did in Portugal, but they would have also seen what he'd done in the Champions League. They would have seen that against themselves, but in, in other games as well. I think that's, you know, certainly a good barometer of the level of these players. I think if you can kind of take certain um, aspects of, of those and kind of imagine them in a Liverpool team, that the Champions League is probably a closer match to, say, the, the level that Leeds United and, and Rafinha are, are playing at. But I think there's there's different ways you can go about it. The, the main thing that Liverpool will will have to kind of think about and and presumably will have decided already in terms of who they go for in terms of a, a Mane replacement is do they want a kind of fixed traditional number nine or do they want to go for someone who's a little bit more versatile I think that's the first question that you've got to ask and then kind of the the options place themselves into one of those two categories don't they so there's still you know a number of options in whichever direction they choose to go but I've said this as well a few times I think that the main thing really is that you can kind of find someone who guarantees you sort of 20-25 goals next season. That's what Sadio Mane got last season. If you're potentially looking at losing Mohamed Salah next season, obviously he's another level above that. You need to have sort of four or five of those attackers that are getting 20-25. That's what you'd hope that Luis Diaz can do next season. Diogo Jota and Sadio Mane have done it this season. I think that's what Liverpool have got to do. They've got to look not just at a Sadio Mane replacement, but what happens if the worst happens with Mohamed Salah you're then going to have to think about that next summer as well. So it's going to be a crucial couple of windows. I think it's not the easiest one for, for Julian Ward to come into, but I'm pretty sure that Liverpool will get someone in this summer. And I'm pretty sure that Sadio Mane will move on. It's just going to be interesting to see sort of which way they decide to go with that, because I think there's there's arguments you know for and against both different ways of doing it. There's no real guarantee, but you know, at the end of the day, you trust Liverpool to get it right.
1: Yeah, certainly would. Well, it is going to be a big summer for Julian Ward and we will be across it every step of the way here on the Blood Red Podcast as well as across the Liverpool Echo website. Thanks again for tuning in and watching. If you're joining us on YouTube or listening, wherever it is you get your audio on demand. If you uh, want to leave us a rating and review, that is always more than appreciated. But from myself, Guy Clark, Matt Addison, Tom Cavilla and Richard Garnett, thanks for your time and your company here on the Blood Red Podcast. That's bye for now.